A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. Because old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. This new year, we need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's still ours to win. Start different at GoDaddy.com. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Guys, we're very excited. The moment is so close now. So Formula 1's crown jewel, the Monaco Grand Prix and the Indy 500 are both this Sunday and we can't wait. Yes, and luckily for all of us, they are actually in different time zones. So we can actually watch both of these iconic races. It's going to be a super Sunday for us motorsport fans. But Kunal, while we're celebrating motorsport's most anticipated weekend, a heartfelt tribute to former MotoGP world champion Nikki Hayden. It's just sad, sad news. Yes, pathetic news to actually bring in this exciting week. And thank you so much for the entertainment, Nikki. And, and ride on, you Kentucky kid. So yes, Indy 500, the interest is at an all-time high, thanks to Fernando Alonso making his debut. So Kunal, pick what you want to talk about first, Indy 500 or the Monaco Grand Prix? That's actually a tough choice. Kunal, Fernando Alonso didn't have a very hard time (laughs) making that choice. Yes, so I will actually go with Alonso and I will go with talking about Alonso runs Indy. And there's actually just so much excitement and aura around his debut. And there's going to be this large mass of Formula 1 followers who will eagerly tune into the Indy 500 after the Monaco Grand Prix. Nikki Lauda said he will. Yes, and actually both of us are going to tune in as well. There's actually a much, much, much higher chance for Alonso to do better at the Indy. So he's already managed an incredible qualifying performance. Kunal, he managed to get into the Q3 of Indy. They call it the Fast 9. And he managed to qualify fifth. That's insane. Yeah, what's even more insane is that Alonso claims that an engine boost issue actually cost him pole position. And guys, like we know, the Honda engines have given him trouble in Formula 1 and it actually gave him trouble during his Indy 500 qualifying session as well. Oh man, that poor guy just <laughs> needs a break. Anyway, they say that Alonso will really need to dig deep into his talent and experience to win the Indy. The one experience, Kunal, that I know he will and can count on is the experience of dealing with the Honda engine issues. <laughs> <laughs> and from P5, he's actually got a good chance to score victory. And he'll have to, ha- you know, he'll have to battle traffic, weather, changing weather. There will be pit stops. And by the way, in the Indy 500, the super cool fuel stops that Formula 1 doesn't have anymore will be there during the race as well. And how can I forget, there will be some absolutely talented drivers waiting to score victory as well. The fuel stops just made it so much more exciting. I can't wait to watch the race. (laughs) And so the, the Indy 500 trophy is so tall 
the victory trophy is just three centimeters shorter than Felipe Massa. <laughs> That's very very cool. And Alonso's decision to race in the Indy 500 has actually challenged us too because, as you guys know, we are actually the Formula One experts. That you know, we've done so much of research about Formula One, and we don't generally end up having the time to track. Uh, the other good racing series, specifically this American series. But you know what? We're actually loving the kind of research that we've undertaken in the last two weeks to 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 bring to you Alonso Runs Indy. I wouldn't be surprised if more drivers also follow suit. I'm thinking of a certain Mr. Hamilton, <laughs> America and all of that. Although I don't think a certain Mr. Raikkonen is going to make it because the winner gets a bottle of milk. And not champagne. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but if Alonso does finish the 200 laps that he's expected to do at the Indy 500, he would have actually done more laps in the Indy 500 than he has done in a Formula One race all season. <laughs> For the benefit of our listeners, guys, the Indy 500 is available for viewing live on YouTube. So in case you needed yet another reason to tune in, you have it now. <laughs> but that's one of the things I really love about this American series. It's available so well. It's distributed so well on social media that even all the practice sessions, which we all know saw record-breaking viewership, were available on YouTube. And I keep being asked, what are Alonso's chances for victory? And Frankly, the answer isn't simple. So let me put it this way. The chances are absolutely high. He is starting P5. He is working incredibly hard, as we can see. And he has the right team advising him. And more importantly, he is in a team that has seen really good success in making crossover drivers win the Indy 500. So they've actually helped a NASCAR driver win. I'm going to leave out all the names. And guess what? An American uh, driver and a Formula One rookie, Alexander Rossi, won with this very team last year as well. So his chances are incredibly high. Fingers crossed to that. And honestly, whether Fernando Alonso wins or not, we hope he wins, his attempt is so historic that his Indy 500 car is going to go straight to his museum. <laughs> Which reminds me, we've got to make a trip to the museum sometime really soon, Mithila. Let's go. And what's even more historic, for the moment at least, is, uh, you know, we'll see how this goes, but... This whole Alonzo and Zach Brown partnership, at this moment, they're stringing a lot of praises for each other right now. Kunal, I definitely know that Brown is going all out to please Fernando Alonso and retain him in 2018. And in fact, he claims that the best time to sponsor McLaren is now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't really dispute that. Maybe it is true to some level. And for a brand seeking PR over performance, maybe it is absolutely true. <laughs> and uh, this is a time you could actually buy a McLaren sponsorship for cheap now that Ron Dennis is out. And uh, you could end up benefiting from this when they actually come back out on top later. Yeah, because I'm expecting McLaren to eventually go back to their glory days. I'm not sure how it'll, long it'll take, but, you know, hopefully sooner than later. Yes, and the glory days, since you mentioned, could include regular racing in the Indy 500, an annual appearance, as Fernando Alonso called it, and even reappearing in the epic Le Mans series. So, there's Fernando Alonso who actually went out and said that McLaren could be back in Le Mans and could also participate in the Indy 500. That's really interesting. But also, here is the strange thing. I think Alonso and Brown are running McLaren and not the board. 
Kunal, shouldn't such an announcement have come from the team management? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Fernando Alonso is showing the world how Formula One teams are absolutely stupid to be ignoring him and his talent by not signing him on. So let me put it this way: I think the teams surely want Alonso the racer, but they certainly do not want Alonso the manipulator. <laughs> and after his amazing performance on the radio, I want Fernando Alonso the podcaster on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Trust Mithila to come up with all the driver invitations in the next few months and hopefully get them <laughs> on the podcast but uh, so here's wishing fernando alonso all the very best for his indy 500 debut there is frankly no better driver to fly the formula 1 flag high on the american soil so add a boy alonso <laughs> i am also pretty excited to see jensen button return from his sabbatical replacing alonso in the cockpit in monaco that's going to be pretty pretty awesome <laughs> I think you are probably more excited than Button himself <laughs> has been in the last couple of weeks. Uh but we all know Button has actually done a lot of work behind the scenes so I am interested to see how well he can go in Monaco. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm pretty sure that one of Jensen Button's first statements is going to be like, "Wow, these cars are incredible to drive." <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> And I would love for one of the media houses to run a headlines, which could be a former British world champion returns to Formula One with a former world champion, but now bottom rung British Formula One team replacing a former world <laughs> champion. <laughs> but Kunal, that's way too long for a headline, and I'm really glad they don't hire you to write those headlines. <laughs> anyway, Button's uh, main target would be to get into Q3 and then try and score some points because that's what would have been expected of Fernando Alonso. So let's see how it goes. I'm wondering if that's Honda's target though. <laughs> <laughs> so in the story uh so the story in the build up to Monaco uh there's this whole talk of will the longer wheelbase design work against Mercedes's favor or if you're a Ferrari fan will the shorter wheelbase design be Ferrari's advantage there's this whole technical talk around it and there's actually a long technical answer to this which is available on f1.com if any of you guys are interested i am just happy to see them fight and that's the long and short of it <laughs> <laughs> so with two wins a piece for Vettel and Hamilton will Raikkonen or Bottas or anyone else join the winners club there couldn't be a better opportunity than monaco for some of the others Question is can Red Bull Racing sneak a win? I'm looking at you Max Verstappen. <laughs> Maybe Force India could also pull some magic off. And the big question will McLaren finish the race? <laughs> <laughs> And we know how crucial consistency will be this season. Lewis Hamilton's been talking about it every other press conference that he's been attending or every other press briefing. But here's a crucial statistic. So after 5 races The total number of laps that have been completed have been 288. Laps spent outside of top 3 for Sebastian Vettel only 24. And guess what his worst finish this season has been second. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I also think history is on Vettel's side. Like as of now, <laughs> since the change of the point scoring system in 2010, Kunal only once has it happened that the leader after five races has not gone on to win the championship that year. That's interesting. Wow. And again, off the cuff, if my statistic memory is correct or memory of statistics is correct, Vettel has always won a world championship. He has started the season leading or something to that effect. We'll 
We'll cross verify. You can cross verify <laughs> that on Google later. I'm sure Lewis Hamilton is listening to this podcast and making up his mind to prove all those numbers wrong. <laughs> we know how long this season is. We know how hard the teams are pushing. I really hope that all this pushing does not make that the teams suffer from more mechanical failures. Oh yes, that's interesting because we saw in Spain that Ferrari had a failure on Vettel's engine on the Saturday and Bottas's engine had an issue during the race on Sunday, but. Uh, since Monaco is the iconic street circuit, it's a street circuit after all, and qualifying and tyre strategy will be absolutely important to get right because track position is what will matter at all times. Speaking of our title protagonist, that sounds like a very fancy title in itself, Braun has lauded Sebastian Vettel's efforts in rebuilding Ferrari. We know it's taken time, it's taken a long time, but surely it has finally happened. But don't you think it's a little strange of Braun to not commend Mercedes in their efforts too? Because eventually he's the guy who's been the architect of the current Mercedes team. <laughs> and also very interestingly, I was browsing through Lewis Hamilton's Instagram page. Kunal, I was really excited to know that he loves Indian food. <laughs> and wait for this, he was listening to an Indian song. That was his caller ringback tune. <laughs> That is pretty cool. <laughs> I do recollect seeing this. So, Miss Lewis Hamilton, now that you are listening to us every week, like thousands of other people do as well, we will gladly host you to a sumptuous Indian dinner, which could include curries and tikas and desserts, which also are our favorites. So, just drop us a line and we will gladly lay out a spread for you. Kunal, I am just disturbed about the fact that despite being Indian, I could not recognize the song Lewis Hamilton was listening to and I had to, you know, go shazam it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in other news, actually in other very crucial news, FIA's deadline for notification of a 2018 engine supplier passed and it passed without McLaren showing any commitment or any communication towards the switch to Mercedes, which could then mean that McLaren will actually be staying with Honda. Lauda had anyway vetoed that, so I knew it wouldn't happen, but yes, big news. Yeah, so here's where I think McLaren and Red Bull have ganged up against the other teams. And uh, they're trying to enforce a change in the engine rules for 2020, which is frankly a long time to go in Formula One terms. And they're trying to lobby to let independent uh, manufacturers supply power units to privateer teams such as theirs. And frankly, it actually makes a lot of logical sense. With that, I also think they should lobby for simpler engines, ones that cost less and are easier to build. Because just having a new engine supplier, Kunal, that's what I feel, it wouldn't suffice. We need them to also be competitive. Oh, yes. And uh, Chase Carey has alluded to this fact. He actually wants to simplify the sport. He wants to make it cheaper. He wants to actually introduce a budget cap. So uh, he actually wants to try it for one season. And I am damn, damn curious to know the future of Formula One in the next three to five seasons. Chase Carey also wants the Concord Agreement to go the Concord way, basically into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ask me, the pay TV or free-to-air model, which Formula 1 has been playing with in the last few seasons, and the Concord Agreement will be Chase Carey's single biggest tasks for the months to come. Uh, but like I keep saying, I am just very happy to see Formula 1 attempting different solutions to make sure that the sport and its crucial stakeholders are taken care of. Marco has already applauded Formula 1's efforts post-Bernie Ecclestone. And more news on this topic. So, Ross Brown has hired three former Formula One engineers 
and they'll be there to help him draft rules better for the future. Kunal, these are all steps in the right direction. I'm so happy to see Formula One doing this. The only rule that I think Ross Brown should rethink is that of the total race distance. Because while I love the current 300 kilometer distance format, I'm not sure if the new age attention sapped consumer prefers shorter race distances. And frankly, I wouldn't mind having two short races every Grand Prix weekend. And of course, it's not an easy solution, this as well. But at this moment, I think Ross Brown should try and see if an alternative solution can be reached for the younger audiences. <laughs> I'm just going to say that when it comes to Formula One, Kunal Moore is always better. <laughs> <laughs> so Red Bull Racing has taken on a tougher stance and Marco has renewed his quit threats. Are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> So he wants a 1,000 BHP engine, simpler cars, else Red Bull Racing will quit Formula 1. This sounds so familiar. <laughs> this is after the team themselves agreed that the quit threats that they'd issued last season were actually blank. And uh, despite all these threats and all these political rumblings that are happening, Max Verstappen has pledged his loyalty to Red Bull Racing. By the way, the original VER that Jean-Eric won... He revealed that Red Bull Racing had promised him and confirmed that he would replace Vettel. And then they went back on their words. Ouch. But, that, but that's exactly how Formula 1 is and even more so how Red Bull Racing is ruthless. Basically, Red Bull Racing were destined to have a VER race for him. <laughs> it's just that it was Verstappen and not World. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull Racing have had a lot of common names race for them like they had a lot of Sebastians many seasons ago if I remember right there was Sebastian Bode who actually had a crash at the Indy 500 qualifying session there was Sebastian or Scott Speed there were, there were Sebastian Vettel how can we forget so lots of Sebastians who've raced for Red Bull Racing. So Max Verstappen he uh, you know our favorite VER since we're on the topic he broke the lap record at Zandvoort that's his home circuit during a Red Bull Racing demo run and the funnier part is that the previous record at the circuit, it was set when Max was only three years old. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to get a lot of age-related statistics for Max Verstappen as we go along. And uh, with this Verstappen overdose, I'm not going to uh, let Carlos Sainz Jr. feel ignored. And he actually won't be feeling ignored because Mercedes have said that uh, they like him. Ooh, Toto Wolf called him handsome. <laughs> I never knew that that quality was important for a racing driver, but so be it. Well, uh, the sponsors, I'm sure, would prefer handsomer drivers. But uh, Carlos Sainz to Mercedes, it's actually a very long shot. Because, uh, you know, Pascal Verlein and Esteban Ocon, Mercedes juniors, have impressed this season. And Sainz is actually a Red Bull racing junior driver, although I don't call him a junior anymore. So... Poaching him might not be the easiest. Just like Ferrari poached Vettel, correct? <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, they had a performance clause that came handy. But uh, yes, I don't think that Carlos Sainz Jr. will settle for a Toro Rosso seat in 2018. So we will hopefully see that driver make a move very, very soon. I just hope he's not taking career advice from his mentor, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> because I don't think that would be a move we'd like to see. 
Finally, as we near the end of this episode, a big thank you to God. Thank God that Pastor Maldonado turned down a seat in Formula One. <laughs> I cannot imagine Pastor Maldonado and Lance Stroll on the same grade. <laughs> oh my God, we'd risk a million dollar car wreck in every race. <laughs> But that's actually very interesting PR from Pastor Maldonado. So he's trying to show that teams are actually interested in him. And that's a strange point because teams were always interested in the PDVSA money that Maldonado brought along with him. But guess what? He and PDVSA are no longer together. So anyway, as we near Monaco, we are uh, actually 20 minutes nearer to Monaco now than we were at the start of this episode. <laughs> Woohoo, Karal! So the swimming pool complex, which I really love, and I've actually driven on the simulator around that complex a lot of times, has suddenly gained a lot of publicity. So Max Verstappen has called it his favorite and actually his most challenging corner. And, you know, when Max Verstappen sits up and calls a corner challenging, we end up and take notice. And uh, <laughs> not just that. So we had Jensen Button say that he actually rolled into the swimming pool twice while on the simulator. So I, I'm not sure what he actually means by that. It sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, as long as he doesn't do it in the actual race, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, he'll make a splash on his uh, <laughs> reappearance in Formula 1. Anyway, I now know what Haas's new livery means. Kunal, it means that they ran out of colour cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's raining babies in Formula 1. So Kimi Raikkonen has had a baby girl. And I know you were probably dying to announce this yourself. Her name is Rihanna. And guess what? Nico Rosberg, or rather the Rosbergs, are expecting their second child. Yeah. I'm just glad he's putting his retirement to good use. <laughs> <laughs> but a big congratulations to the Raikkonens and to the Rosbergs. Congratulations, guys. And speaking of babies, Formula One's most famous child and biggest Kimi Raikkonen fan, he has become more famous Kunal, the to-be-held French Grand Prix, the organizers have already offered him, his name is Thomas, tickets to the race next season. I'm glad that all of this is happening, but I also think that we are all taking it a step too far now. Oh like, no, I was thinking of inviting Thomas to be on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Only if you can speak French, because that guy spoke chaste French when he was talking to Ted Kravitz at the weekend of the Spanish Grand Prix. So since we started this podcast talking of the most awaited motorsport weekend, can you imagine a MotoGP and a Formula One race on the same weekend at the same venue? And that to me would be the most epic motorsport weekend in the history of motorsport ever. Wow, yeah, I can't even imagine that. It yeah. sounds awesome. So since Ross Brown is talking to Dorna for, you know, making sure that the calendar dates don't clash, gentlemen, please make sure that this one date and one venue does end up clashing because it would be absolutely epic to have Valentino Rossi, Mark Marquez, Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel all end up racing on the same circuit on the same weekend but on that note thank you so much for tuning in you've had to wait a couple of days for this week's episode to come live but we really hope we haven't disappointed you and on that note do remember to subscribe to us on itunes and audio boom we'll see you after the indy 500 thank you
bodega, 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 alpha and omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sa wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.